0: Good morning, it's great to share with you today. Thank you so much for the team for singing that song so brilliantly for us. And it's from the film, The Prince of Egypt and was originally sung by Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey. And it's all about the life of Moses, who we will be studying today in our series looking about obedient characters in lockdown. And Moses was a life that straddled big concepts such as faith and miracles. And in this series, some of our speakers will be looking at very specific stories and examples from the characters we look at. And others will cover certain areas of their life. Today, I'm going to do a sweeping overview of Moses and look at lessons for us today. And in some ways, you would say that a lot of Moses's life was lived in a sort of lockdown where his movements were limited by the circumstances that he was in. And we're going to do that sort of overview first. So we've got the background to who Moses was. An easy way to think of his life is to divide it roughly into three sections of 40. His life from zero to 40, from 40 to 80 and 80 to 120. And his life means taken out or drawn forth. Now, a lot of us know the origins of Moses's life, that the Pharaoh at that time was threatened by Hebrew children and ordered the death of any Hebrew male children. Now, what happened was Moses's mom, she tried to get a plan together and she put him in a basket and put him in the River Nile where Pharaoh's daughter found him. Now you might think, oh, that's that's a sad tale, but actually, then it was suggested to Pharaoh's daughter that Moses' mum would look after him. So miraculously, she nursed the child that she gave up. And then he grew up in Pharaoh's court. And the Prince of Egypt film covers a lot of this now according to the historian Josephus who thought I would oh I thought I would never actually use when I was discovering him in Bible college he becomes general of the Egyptian army and leads successfully military successful military campaigns so he wasn't just an additional extra in Egyptian high society but smack bang in the middle of it Around the age of 40, which some of our very esteemed members of congregation have celebrated this year, he flees Egypt to escape punishment for killing an Egyptian slave driver who was beating a Hebrew slave. Moses' journey takes him to Midian, where he works for a man named Jethro, marries Jethro's daughter, but for years and years and years is looking after animals. But then God commissions him through a burning bush to free the children of Israel from their Egyptian slavery. Moses goes back to Egypt with his brother Aaron, who acts as his spokesman. And they confront Pharaoh, excuse my pronunciation here, mose the third. And it leads to 10 plagues brought upon Egypt and the killing of the firstborns of Egypt because Pharaoh would not let the people go. The Exodus, which is described in the second book of the Bible, is when the Israelites leave Egypt. Moses then spends the last 40 years of his life serving God and governing the people. He leads them to Mount Sinai, where God gives them the Ten Commandments. But the children of Israel show a lack of faith to enter their inheritance, the promised land. And God judges them unfit to receive this. So they wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses dies at the age of 120, and Joshua, is second in command, leads the Israelites into the promised land. Now, during the period of this life, tradition says that Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We can now breathe. That was the sweeping overview of the life of Moses. And there are so many aspects to the life that it's impossible to sum them up in just one short feature. You all have favourite stories about his life and thinking, oh, why didn't Phil focus on this? But there's so much juice in his life and experience. We're going to just look at a few thoughts I've had because otherwise we'd be here for days. Like other faithful men and women, Moses had a very close relationship with God. And that is really important. Faith will start with that intimate relationship growing with God. And there are two verses that testima- testify the closeness of Moses to God. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. That's in Exodus thirty three eleven. But since then, there has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses who the Lord knew face to face. Deuteronomy 34 10. Now, the cynical amongst us, I'm sure there aren't any actually, but they could say, oh, well, if Moses is supposed to have written these books of the Bible, well, surely he's binging himself up. Well, when you look at biblical scholars, they believe when looking even if moses was involved in the writing of these books that he is so open about the flaws in his character that this probably is a fair reflection and so like when god met moses in the burning bush god was made known to moses but then it's up to us how we respond to that calling i'm sure loads of us would love a burning bush to tell us what to do Now recently you'll be excited to know one of my family members had a burning bush but that wasn't because God's speaking to them as far as I'm aware. It's because they were using a portable weed burner and a gust of wind swept the flame onto a nearby shrub. So be careful with those weed burners folks. Uh, So most of us don't get that burning bush experience but once we Understand who God is and answer His calling on our lives, we need to grow that spiritual relationship with Him. Jesus commanded in Matthew, You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. As part of this, God promised Moses His presence. God replied to Moses' prayer, His request for a sign by saying, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. God personally led Moses and the nation of Israel. God gave them something much better than just guidance of saying, oh, here's what you need to do. He promised to be their guide. He promised to accompany them, to be with them. And he does that to us saying he will not leave us and forsake us. In a strange place, what would you prefer? A map or an expert guide? Some of us are a bit strange stubborn and like adventure probably might Our prefer the map but we know that expert guide with us is much much better God promises his presence going with us now the most important things in our life are not really physical things there are spiritual relationship with God and those will make our life worth living now, most Christians know this, but can find it really difficult to work out in practice, especially in trying situations or in periods of life. Maybe you found lockdown to be one of those. Moses can be an encouragement to us as he often found it difficult at sometimes to trust God's plan. But he grew in that relationship with God. And even though He struggles and the end of his life actually ends with him not doing what God said, so not being able to go into the promised land. He's commended in in the Bible, in Hebrews 11, for his faith. And it says in the Bible that faith means being sure of things we hope for and knowing that something is real, even if we do not see it. And we might not have physical things to inspire us, such as the parting of Red Seas and Ten Commandments delivered to us on the mountain. But the Bible encourages that we can be people of faith, even when we don't see things physically. So let's go on now to look at Moses's character. He's described as the most humble person on the faith of the earth. Brilliant. That is a very astonishing claim. And in these words these words these are the characteristics that made him stand out not his bravery not his determination his wisdom or leadership or even his flaws but his humility but what does humble mean it's not like uriah heep from dickens who was ever so humble but really not and pretending to be somebody who wasn't so When I've thought of Moses before, I don't often think of him as humble. So this was a bit of an exploration for me because he's somebody who led a nation in really trying circumstances, oversaw the destruction of Egypt's power over Israel, commanded Israel, directed his armies, judged the people, constructed the tabernacle, had to ruthlessly put down insurrection. Yet he was more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. A dictionary definition of humility would include words such as unassuming, meek, subservient, obscure. And sometimes we think of that somebody who's just very oppressed. Well, a humble person would always be in the background, maybe, rather than the forceful leader of a powerful nation. So what does this humble person actually mean? Well, the Hebrew word, again, excuse my pronunciation, is a and it's very difficult to give one English word to describe it. It's often used to describe the poor and those with a subservient attitude, particularly in comparison with those who are rich and arrogant. But especially it's seen as somebody who's second in line and the mercy of the decisions of somebody who rules them. Now, let's compare Moses with the same example of Pharaoh. In Exodus ten three. God says to Pharaoh, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Although Pharaoh was seen to be a great and powerful ruler, all his wealth and authority was nothing compared to God. And in his arrogance, he refused to acknowledge that God was greater and more powerful, even though the evidence of the plagues was showing that to be true. Pharaoh could have still ruled Egypt by being humble enough to recognise God. And that he was greater at obeying the command to let his people go. Moses was humble because he acknowledged and obeyed God. We can see he didn't always agree with God, but he saw himself and second in line and subservient to God's authority and wisdom. It was his attitude and desire to be obedient that made Moses the most humble person on the face of the earth. And this goes against some of the things we see on social media where people need to push themselves to show, look, I'm brilliant. I'm the person you need to follow. I'm the person who's got all the answers. There was no one else apart from Jesus Christ who sought to obey and follow God all the days of his life. Moses was given the accolade of God in Numbers 12, 1 to 8 as my servant. And we even see in contrast with his brother and sister, they were seeking position, authority from a sense of jealousy and personal selfish ambition to promote themselves. They were not humble before God. Moses was humble before him and gave him a position of authority. Remember, we... I recently looked at the Beatitudes, and in the, that Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The meek here can be looked at not as the weak, frightened, submissive, but those who instead submit themselves to God's reign over their lives. There are people who hunger and thirst for his righteousness, and obey his commands to go into the world, preaching the good news of salvation through faith. So if we truly understand the Bible definition of humility and putting God first and developing that relationship I said about, that perhaps like Moses, we can be a powerful instrument for God. Finally, mind the gap. The highlights of Moses' life show tremendous highs. And it's easy to think of those biblical epics with Charlton Heston with hair flowing right in the thick of miracles and daring escapades. Totally as a tangent, me and my brother used to love going to my nan's church because there was a guy who was like a retired vicar who looked exactly like Charlton Heston. We were convinced it was him and uh, we listened to his every word just because we thought it was the Hollywood film star because we watched Ben-Hur a lot growing up. Um, So there was huge parts of Moses's life, not the vicar from Cardiff, uh, that was spent where God was far away and probably life seemed fruitless or mundane. Around 80 years of Moses's life, two thirds of his life was spent wandering in the wilderness or looking after herds. And his first 80 years seemed to be ones where he didn't really have God apparent to him. Even if his rescue at birth from the slaughter was miraculous. Him himself, he probably thinking, well, I'm all right doing what I'm doing, being in the Pharaoh's courts. And even when he when he escaped and went to Midian, he's probably just thinking he's fairly on his own. I feel that God's telling me there are people who are watching this today who feel there are huge gaps in their Christian experience. Maybe you feel you missed the boat or it's because you've come to faith left, faith late. Maybe it's that God feels further away from you at the moment in your situation. Maybe it's that you're feeling that your race is run. You're too old. Too much has happened in your life. Moses's life can be one of encouragement to us all when we're feeling those gaps in our Christian experience. The great relationship I talk about earlier With Moses and God was a long time coming in his life and developed despite Moses struggling with the things God asked him to do where he tried to talk God out of using him as a Christian it's inevitable that you would likely have seasons of your faith of your life sorry where you feel far from God. There are times where you think that Jesus is far away for no reason at all. You find it difficult to pray or you pray and cry out to God, but it seems that God is deaf because he doesn't answer. You've lost motivation to get into his word or you read your Bible because it doesn't speak to you. You seek God, but it seems that he's hidden your faith. If you've experienced these situations, I'd like to say, I don't know a single Christian who hasn't said to me they felt this way at some time. And remember, it can seem even though you're working like faith, remember we said what faith was earlier, it can seem that God is far away. Moses' life can seem described as one of going from the highs of mountaintop experience, such as receiving the Ten Commandments, but going into the valley straight after where the crowds were doing their own thing, moaning and testing him severely. We may have felt different where we go from a valley to a mountaintop experience, but sometimes you can feel that little has actually changed. All that happens, we're on a peak and we feel we can see further in our own eyes. One important thing we need to realise is sometimes that our feelings and spirituality of who God is often don't coincide. In times where we can see, can't see God's love and goodness, we can feel nothing. But we need to learn that although the weather changes, people change or feelings change, God remains rock solid, totally true and dependable forever. The words that really showed Moses who God was, was I am. And for the Jewish people, that has been a constant, constant source of encouragement that God is the I am the one overall who is rock solid. And he wants us to learn to trust him rather than trust in our emotions. God won't leave your side, even when it feels like he's far away. He wants to assure you that he's with you and he will be. And whatever you're feeling, God is above it all. I encourage you, if you feel those things I said earlier and they apply to you, look at the life of Moses and see how despite the gaps, God used Moses mightily. I encourage you that despite Moses's life as a murderer and his past, God used him mightily. Despite Moses's struggle with doubt and not understanding what God wants him to do or trying to avoid it. God used him mightily. So as we end our time together, I want you to encourage you to look at Moses's life. And remember that there are so many aspects we've encouraged, we haven't we have covered today, but you'd be encouraged by the relationship he had with God involving Moses learning to be humble, letting God guide him and seeing how God moved in his life, even when probably at times God felt so distant from him. Remember, as a church, you can contact us via Facebook and there's a slide at the end even saying a, a phone number where you can contact if there's things you need to talk through or pray through. But let me pray for you now. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are a faithful God who knows our hearts. We pray that you would help us develop our relationship with you and that we would put you in control. I pray for those who feel you are distant distant or a longing for experiences they've had with you in the past. I pray you will bless them and feel near to them and guide them. Amen.